Welcome to part one of our very special double bill of 90s divorce blockbusters. 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 Uh, so this week we're going to be reviewing uh, probably the quintessential, my parents have just been divorced, how do I process this Hollywood morality tale? Jeff? Doubtfire. Doubtfire. Misses. Oh, I thought your description was just your train of thought. Um, yeah, that's what they should have called it. Mm. Yeah, That was the working title. <laughs> and then uh, next week to finish off the double bill, we've got um, a slightly lighter take on divorce. Uh, the Jim Carrey vehicle, Liar Liar. Enjoy. To put his family back together, Daniel Hillard needed a job. Do you have any special skills? I do voices. Yes! Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. Look at me right now, money penny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. And a decent home for his kids. How do you like it? Can't you just tell Mom you're sorry? But he found a way. I'm placing an ad for a housekeeper. Housekeeper? Could you make me a woman? To have both. Wow. Let's pray. Hello? Hello and welcome to another week, another fortnight back in the closet. You are with your trio of happy 90s film chatters. That's right, it is Reviews from the Closet. We speak about 80s, 90s and noughties films. Although, let's be honest, we're just sticking to the 90s at this point, aren't we? I am with my lovely two co-companions of the show. And yes, I know that co-companions isn't a word. My name is Jeffrey Kitt and I'm here with Rudy Davis. How are you, Rudy? Yeah, good. You? Very well. Thank yeah. you. I'm actually just recovering. I went to a salsa concert last night. Yeah, I was there with you, weren't I? Uh, you, you were there. <laughs> I was, oh, that's right. I was still, you were so <laughs> you were so unanimated. I forgot you were stood next to me for the whole time. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It was a packed out concert, and for salsa, you need a bit of room to move. Mm. By the end of it, I was just kind of bobbing up and down with my knees. Yeah, I was. Yeah, because I was just, I was just banging hips against the people <laughs> around me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm in there. <laughs> Dangerous stuff. And we are also joined with a little Irish cherub, Roisin. Hello. Hello, that's me. How are you? I'm feeling very cheruby today. Very cheruby. Especially cheruby. How does a cherub feel? Slightly hungry. <laughs> Slightly. A hungry little cherub. Um, like I could do with a nap. Yeah. But generally sprightly. Sprightly. Yeah. I feel very hydrated. Well, that's which, a great start. Which today. I imagine is how a cherub feels 24-7. <laughs> I will start with the year of this Christopher Columbus film that we're reviewing this week. It is 1993. Wait, is that his name? It's 1492. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, there are two Christopher Columbuses. We're going for the 90s version. But this year, 93, I'm going to take a different tax because we did speak about 93 for which film? Jurassic Park and something else. I can't remember the other one. I did just have Jurassic Park. Uh, in cool my head. Runnings, wasn't that 93? Ooh, oh, Roisin Mulligan. Yeah. 10 points. Didn't Gin and Juice come out then? Correct Mundo. Yeah. Gin and Juice. Yeah, by S Snoop Doggy Dog. Well, unfortunately, my story isn't to do with Snoop Dogg. I'm actually going to go shame. from one of the weirder stories of 93. Is it really morbid? Is it going to star no. us off on a bum night? No. The Los Angeles Times are doing a story about a drug neighborhood. Uh, drug trafficking in a in a barrio there. Oh, the, this and is started off. No, on. no, it's it's. It, don't worry, don't worry. It's going to be a lighthearted feel good day. <laughs> <laughs> they promised the the woman they were interviewing her anonymity. Although the editing of the piece was very careless. Apparently, the report gave the woman's age, occupation, hair color, first name, and the picture in the newspaper showed the inside of her apartment. Three days after the broadcast, 
a Molotov cocktail was thrown through her window. Oh my God. So like, it just reminded me of that Simpsons episode where they're like, now for the sake of privacy, let's just call our informant Lisa S. No, that's, no, that's too <laughs> obvious. Let's call her L Simpson. Why would you give someone anonymity and be like, so her age? <laughs> like, Jesus. Uh, so it wasn't too morbid, was it? I that's mean, a Molotov me... cocktail was no. as bad as it got. Act one. Thank you for that um, light-hearted rom-com-esque <laughs> <laughs> bit a story of the 90s shared with us um set in la i'd like to move further up the coast now mm. uh to san francisco valley i don't know if it's a valley but <laughs> bay. i think it's the bay area now. but san francisco um where this movie is set chris columbus's found the new world and he's also founded 93's Mrs. D Outfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> That's right. Robin Williams's. I always want to call them magnum opuses. <laughs> for, for me, I think this is Robin Williams. I think it's his best movie. Mate, what a performance. Like, it's I hadn't seen amazing. this in quite a while. And fuck, I just like the whole time is so funny. It is fantastic. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Without a doubt. Like, I think it's in the top three. Yeah, man. Mrs. Doubtfire. Rudy, where do we start? So we start probably with one of the most iconic kids' film intros, do you reckon? La, 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 la. Yeah, that that part. Continue. La, 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 la. Do you want me to keep going? Because I'll just do the whole of the Barbara Seville if you want me to. So we see an animated start where it's like an old Tom and Jerry-esque uh, kind of animation on a projector screen and then the camera pans out and we see like Robin Williams at what do you call it like uh, a voice artist booth mm-hmm. in like a, a theatre yeah where he's singing along he's then doing the voices of the characters and uh, you kind of do a cut shot to the director that's look, looking pretty like pissed off well he in part of this scene he um, a cigarette is well, shoved into the yeah. cartoon character's voice Robin Williams because he's an ethical man he's an ethical man Daniel Hillard pardon yes. me oh I can't breathe I can't breathe what the fell oh. away for a bird to die uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the directors who are heavy smokers have no empathy. They want to use this show for product placement and they have no time for ethical ramblings well, of their well, actor. They say that, well, he can't be talking because he, he, like, his, his mouth isn't moving. He's mm. got a cigarette in his mouth. How can he talk? Yeah. So that was they were concerned about the art and not breaking the fourth wall, <laughs> I think, rather than wanting to sell cigarettes. Right, That's right. What I'd say there. But this immediately sets the scene. Uh, Daniel is someone who genuinely really cares about children. Yeah, he loves kids and he won't take shit from the man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He does things in an unorthodox way and he doesn't care. That kind of is built upon. He quits his job. So he's willing to quit his job yeah, over but, this. But so, that, so, that, so we set up, so A, like he really deeply cares about children. He's an ethical guy. But also at the same time, like he's a bit reckless yeah. and doesn't quite think through the consequence of his actions. Because mm. like clearly like he needs a job and he needs money. He's got a family, but he's just walked out on that. So that, that kind of sets the scene for like who this guy is. Like mm-hmm. he's got principles, but he lets those principles like override like other concerns he should have about caring for his children. Because this ultimately sets up him losing his children. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, so it's kind of half, it's like half and half. Like he's a principled man, but at the same time, he doesn't think through the consequences of acting on those principles. Mm. He's too moral for this world. He's too moral for this world. Similar to American Beauty. Quitting your job, finding yourself. <laughs> changing your body 
So if Mrs. Doubtfire had blackmailed <laughs> his, his ex-wife. Well, how about I throw in a little sexual harassment charge to boot? <laughs> Could you <laughs> prove <laughs> would have been that, very- that you didn't say if I do cunnilingus on you, uh-huh. <laughs> you'd let me keep my children <laughs> dressed up as Mrs. D? Can you please never say that word again? Then we cut to... We cut to him picking up his kids. He's picking up his kids yeah. from school. The cutest kids in the world. Oh, my God. We've got Matilda. We've got the, <laughs> the girl from Independence Day. And we've got random boy. Chris. <laughs> Chris. Chris. And we've got Chris. And I love just, like, how well-crafted all his interactions with the individual kids are throughout mm, this movie. Mm. Like, he has very specific interactions with them, uh, which I'll come on to again a bit later. But for this moment, he just picks them up from school and he tells them, you know, mum's not going to be home for another th- three hours. So they're able to have a birthday party for Chris, even mm. though he's got bad grades. So again, sets him up as like, just, just he's, the, he's the fun yeah. parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't think, and never think but through the consequences. Exactly, exactly. And, and this... um, we also find out that his daughter's a bit pissy with him mm-hmm. because, um, so hey dad, you're early from work. Oh, I quit. And like, she kind of scolds him a little bit for that. Mm. Yeah. So you can tell there's a bit of friction there with like, the daughter's a bit like the mum. Right, exactly. Yeah. She takes after the mum. Now they have, like, <laughs> if you've only got three hours to have a party, you probably don't want to go all in. But no, he goes all in to the point of hiring a petting zoo. Yeah. But okay, just before we deconstruct the, that great 90s party, uh, the shot before that, we get the establishing scene of the wife. And this creates a really lovely contrast because okay. within like the first piece of dialogue <laughs> with the wife, they talk about money. And she gets really excited by the prospect of this big client mm. and like the money it's going to lead for the agency. Mm. And we also find out that there's this guy from her past that's coming back. So like within the first five minutes, we find out that Mrs. Doubtfire or the soon-to-be Mrs. Doubtfire pre- pre-transition <laughs> Daniel um, like walk, walks out and like basically turns his back on money, whereas his wife is like mm. really turned on by the prospect of this money. Yeah, so we can instantly tell the two of them just aren't meant to, Where does she work? Aren't meant to be. She's it's like a design firm? Or like yeah, an she's firm? like yeah. a... a de- um, She's like an interior designer, I think. She's going to yeah. do James Bond's new place. So. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm filling out the lair. <laughs> He's hollowing out. Okay, hear me out. I'm going to hollow out a volcano. <laughs> and I want some scatter cushions. <laughs> I'm going to fill it with antique clocks. <laughs> <laughs> an old Queen Anne dresser. I think would really set the place up. <laughs> so back to the party. We've got jump around Blair now yeah, to yeah. establish that this is what? 1993. There is a party <laughs> happening. Jump around is my <laughs> Um Now Miranda Hillard, I feel kind of fits the 90s wife mm, stereotype yeah. in that she doesn't have much personality. But I do feel a lot more empathetic towards her yeah, in the definitely. course of this movie where yeah. she's got a point. Like yeah. she puts her foot down and she's right to do so. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. Like, but imagine being married to that character. To like, yeah. Do your it, head in. It would yeah. be yeah. exhausting. Yeah, yeah. She's reasonable too. And she's not like yeah, super emotional. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's reasonable. So she comes in, the horse that they hired has eaten her begonias <laughs> and it starts to eat the cake that she bought, which is also like yeah. a beautiful cake. Where, where <laughs> so we, yeah. of course you would be pissed off. Daniel's on the table dancing with loads of kids. The house is absolutely wrecked. 
um, she unceremoniously pulls the plug from mm, the music classic. and parties over. Parties over, kids. Record scratch. For, um, so something I thought, because like Daniel is this real feckless father, isn't he? Where like his, his kind of life unravels when he breaks up with his wife. Um, like he's living in this what's supposed to be like a hovel, um, can only see his kids once a week because he's just like, he just can't manage his own life. For someone that's supposed to be so dysfunctional, how did he manage to arrange that party within right. the space of two hours? Like a petting zoo, a bouncy castle, invite all those kids, all the food. Like, that's impressive. Well, that actually showed a bit of get up and go. He should be a which party he should planner. Like, he should be a party planner, yeah. <laughs> he should be a kid's party planner. <laughs> well, he actually could be because, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he does have a skill at being Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. He becomes really good at cleaning. He becomes really good at cooking. So he he should just be like an event planner of yeah, some kind. Yeah, yeah. Or a just woman. a nanny. Or just a nanny. Yeah. yeah, he should just be a nanny. It was the 90s. Though. It was too soon for a man, a yeah, male nanny. They had nanny. to dress in drag. You can't yeah. have a person with a penis looking after children. This marriage is ending. My marriage is not ending. Just on hiatus. This leads to an argument which the kids are witness to, and sat on the stairs. That's a really lovely yeah, shot. Yeah, like, looking stairs. through the banisters. Yeah, which and is the classic kids listening to an argument shot. Yeah, and we get a bit of insight into the relationship between Daniel and Miranda. And this is when I really started to feel empathy for her because she's mm. she says, you know, she's working all day. She comes home with some gifts and a cake and then she has to like clear up the whole house and she's the bad guy. Yeah, definitely. So she feels like she's always made out to be the bad guy and he's the fun parent. And he doesn't really react to that. He says, you know, you spent you spend too much time with those corporate clones. <laughs> you used to despise them. Used to despise- now you become one. Yeah. So I'm, re- I'm fitting out James Bond's lair. <laughs> this is a big deal. <laughs> this is huge for me. It's, it starts to become clear they've got nothing in common. He says, oh, you know, we love each other. She doesn't. Mm. And she says that she wants a divorce. And, yeah, and that's I want that. a divorce. Man, and that's yeah. so sad. Like that's on her so face, sad. you can just see the inevitability, the sadness, yeah. disappointment. She's just at her breaking point. Her performance, point. Sally Field is great in this oh film. Oh my God, like, she's she, so good in this movie. She gives it heart because their, their relationship needs to work for everything to kind of go on. And she um, could easily be very unlikable 100%, in this movie. Yeah. Like her character isn't drawn to be particularly likable I think but she plays it yeah with such heart with such feeling that you you are kind you can understand why she behaves the way that she does yeah we just find out at this stage that uh, Daniel's obviously depressed he goes around to Uncle Frank's for like a bit of solace a bit of advice and you and at this stage he's in denial he's like oh she'll, she'll forgive me she'll take me back hmm. and uh, and we find out that like Uncle Frank and his partner uh, like working prosthetics Jack. so yeah so we know that oh, maybe that's going to be like a mm-hmm. thing and there's a really good shot where he says to Uncle Frank oh it's okay you know it'll blow over like we'll, we'll always get back together you know this is just a thing then it cuts the courtroom which is like mm. a very good shot where it just yeah, shows how right. in denial he is um, who is Uncle Frank played by? David <laughs> David David. So I've I've uh, <laughs> confession time. I've smoked a few cigarettes recently, and so I feel like I my Harvey Firestein impression is just through the roof. <laughs> mom, he doesn't want to talk to you right now, mom. He's always on the phone to his mother. That man. He's all very <laughs> yeah, concerned about yeah. his mother. I think it's because it was the nineties. They were like, "What do gay men do? Talk on to their mother <laughs> on the phone Working all makeup the time." Yeah. <laughs> They're just overly concerned about their mother. That's what gay men are. You for Janaya, don't fail. Papa's got a brand new bed. Miranda is getting pretty much sole custody of the kids for now, for the next three months. And Daniel's going to be able to see them on, I think it's on, like... Every Saturday. Every Saturday, one, But yeah. one day a week, that's not enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and we really again we get more insight into his relationship with his kids like he, he desperately yeah, he needs desperately to be with them because he, he's a big kid isn't he like, yeah that's his energy right? yeah I, I loved this scene because i've never seen like exposition by a judge for the whole plot because he's like all right i'm gonna give you three months you <laughs> yeah. need to get a full-time job you need to have a stable home it's like oh you've just set the whole plot <laughs> up now, let pay, me just pay, explain pay the attention plot. this is the plot device <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, the judge just exposed the whole thing it was great i loved it and yeah. i liked um, daniel had a really poor lawyer who like couldn't really read social cues like kind of daniel almost had a mini breakdown and like pleaded with the judge and then the judge was like, well, you know, we'll, we'll readdress this in three months' time. We'll see what's happened. And then the lawyer goes, hey, hey looks like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Huh? <laughs> and the lawyer looks exactly like the lawyer from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I think he yeah, might 90s, be the same guy. 90s spineless lawyers. The yeah. same year as well. So I think after he was done with that divorce case, he went to Costa Rica. Well, he, yeah, he was, he's probably like, our oh, family law. It is like, because it would be quite depressing. So dry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want to get into dry. corporate. I want to get into corporate dino law. <laughs> what do you specialize? in dino lore <laughs> oh, well, I've never heard of that <laughs> it's about dinos <laughs> so Daniel's now working to rebuild his life he gets a job uh, a really boring job where he boxes and ships uh, pieces of film <laughs> after you box them you ship them you got that, that guy, you man. box yeah. them then you ship them any questions yeah what do I do after I box them <laughs> you ship his name's Tony. Yeah, like a gruff, Tony. gruff New York taxi dispatcher. <laughs> I ain't got time for this shit. You box them, you ship them. I think I made a friend. <laughs> um, and he uh, hosts dinner for the kids. He's He's got a new apartment. The kids have varying opinions on his apartment. Lydia says it's detestable, which I think is a bit much. Well, so <laughs> I looks like word. a really yeah. nice apartment. He's like, so I noticed, so he's got oil paintings hung on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like these really lovely bright standard lamps <laughs> it's like really big they've got like a nice dining table it's just messy but it's yeah. like in, and that's in San Francisco like, yeah. like they're costing a packet yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she says it's detestable and um, he clearly hasn't made very good food he sort of bitches about the wife he says he hopes she comes down with mm. amoebic dysentery or piles <laughs> and Nat- Natalie asks what that means it's, and then yeah. it's when you get diarrhea forever <laughs> um and at that point, Miranda walks in and uh, looks around the apartment. Oh, Daniel, lovely. <laughs> she, but, well, she is an interior decorator. So like, <laughs> this is her whole bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm got probably being a bit mean because this is my nine. I'd have put in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. James Bond has got a standard lamp just like that. <laughs> oh, did I tell you I'm working for James Bond? <laughs> she says she's looking for a housekeeper mm-hmm. and she needs someone to come over every day after school cook for the kids clean the house Daniel offers she says she'll think about it which means no come on in woman that means no and then he surreptitiously boop boop changes the number on the little slip of paper which so so that's interesting for me when did he decide to do this ruse because it must have been like within a space of like 10 seconds two seconds yeah within the time that she said I'm getting a housekeeper to him then thinking wait I could impersonate a woman get the job and see my kids every day so I'll quickly sabotage the ad now within the next five seconds of my train of thought which then set the whole thing in motion like is he like was he planning that for years no I think he just he he just wanted to join the dots but like how did he yeah but how did he come up with that because he's a genius he's he's Robin Williams he's He's a genius Daniel hi could you make me a woman? Honey, I'm so happy. The name's uh, the name's Dunmire. 
Stuart Dunmire. Stew. Double O. Oh, oh, sorry. No, Stuart. My friends call me Stew. <laughs> it's more of a thick soup than a name. I think we get the cheesiest uh, entry of like a love interest yeah. on film, where he kind of he like slides into shot. He, he walks. He's like he's pushed by a stagehand. He just glides. Like glides sideways into shot, and then just cracks this really cheesy trick. And he's so dashing. He's yeah. so unrealistically dashing. dashing. He's, so, he's so cinematically dashing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what like every American thinks like the perfect English. Yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah. love that he's like posh Brits. Like, oh, Stuart Dunmire. And uh, she, Miranda, has <laughs> a cappuccino moustache. Yeah. yeah. Which apparently was not in the script. Oh, that's nice. You've been on she IMDb. Just, she just rolled with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, keep it, keep it. <laughs> keep the moustache. I love it. Again, it's a little bit like the Buddy Kane, Carolyn dynamic where they're talking about work stuff and he's sort of just staring <laughs> at her and then he's like, you know, let's let's uh, let's go out for dinner sometime and talk about this properly. Well, well, well he, so he keeps slipping in like little lines as she's trying to show him the designs. Yeah, right. You look beautiful today. Yeah. But like, which in like other contexts could be like super creepy. Yeah, Like definitely. sexual harassment. It's like, yeah. I'm just trying to do my job. Fuck off. Yeah. Like stop coming on to me. And yeah. at that point she says, antique clocks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she loves her antique clocks. So um, there's a little bit of flirtation. She is feeling 30, flirty, and newly divorced, and she's ready for some 007 action. Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't I know all? I am. Yeah. Get me to that volcano there. <laughs> you look like a mother. Hello. I'm calling about the position for the nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I admire because... Most American shows are guilty of doing terrible, like, English slash, like, one of the countries of the UK accents. Yeah. I like how that's actually called out by a James Bond. Yeah. Like, Whereabouts in England are you from? Where yeah. Because they acknowledge it's a terrible accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're treated to one of my favorite, like, visual gags of cinema, which is, uh, what's your name? My name. Uh, oh, I thought I, and, thought I gave it to you, then, dear. And then he looks around at, like, a newspaper headline that says, Police doubt fire was accident. <laughs> yeah. That's just, oh, I fucking love those gags. Because those gags have just become parody now. You can't do them straight. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just become meta. But that was like when you could still actually pull off that gag, like yeah. a straight gag. Doubtfire. Euphigenia Doubtfire. Like, Doubtfire, he needed help with. But Euph- Euphigenia yeah, just came Euphina- s- straight off his Euphanasia Doubtfire. <laughs> You'd be great for the kids, euthanasia. And I love like Eugenics the, little, the little details he puts into that call where he's like, um, I worked for the Smythe family of England. That Smythe family, not Smith. Yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah, like yeah. it's so sweet. But, but when someone's um, like lying, they always put an absurd amount of detail into it. That's yeah. when you can usually tell that it's a lie. It's like, why are you going to this much detail? It's so obviously a lie. They'll only get healthy, nutritious food with me, dear. It's that or empty tummies. That's my room. <laughs> like he knows yeah. exactly how to talk yeah. to her. Miranda's getting like really turned on by this. Yeah. She's like, oh my God. She loves yeah. it. She loves it. <laughs> Uncle Frank, can you make me a woman? Oh, oh honey, honey, I'm, I'm so, so proud. <laughs> Hang on, let me just finish my phone call with mom. <laughs> we have another delightful Ma- montage. montage. And do you remember the song? Uh, what could be, be a lady, lady tonight? tonight. <laughs> That's classy. That's classy. And don't bring around the clouds to rain on my parade. <laughs> which I love because the last film we reviewed was American Beauty, I think, yes. which also features that song very heavily. And there's another montage song coming up in a bit, which was also in Face Off. 
Papa's got a brand new band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are just classic montage songs, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. I love how they break the fourth wall in that Barbara Streisand I, moment. Oh, it's my so God. Funny, I love it so much. They break the fourth wall again because he dresses up as like this old Jewish woman. Right. He's like, I was such a shanda. <laughs> and I love that part because I'm Jewish and the only Yiddish I know comes from Robin Williams' <laughs> improvisations. <laughs> so I learned shanda from that. <laughs> I should never buy grimace from a moil. It's so chewy. <laughs> they make him a woman. And so we get the grand reveal. The door opens. Uh, Euphigenia Doubtfire is standing there in all her glory. She's a huge old woman. <laughs> You're kind of big for a lady. <laughs> a huge Ooh, Well, I was a fullback. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me not to live. Just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a bowl of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. It's not working. Act two. This is the part where I really love where it shows his connection with the kids individually. He connects with Natalie over her love of Stuart Little. And he mm. says, like, maybe he can read her that bedtime story. You know, she loves fairy tales. And then he connects with Chris over his love for soccer. And that's how he wins Chris round. And then with Lydia, it's just all under the surface. Mm. Like his relationship with her, it doesn't have those like defining features. Miranda introduces them and she's like, this is Lydia. And he just says, hello, Lydia. Mm. She says hello back. And that's kind of it. Mm. So it suggests that they've got a much like deeper yeah, relationship. Yeah. She's much like she's much more cerebral than she, Lydia. Like, yeah. Sort of a thinker than the other yeah. two. Yeah. And I really love that, that that's like sticks throughout the movie where he connects with each of his kids on those kind of levels. Right. And with Lydia, it's always like, yeah, a much more cere- cerebral relationship. And he also knows how to connect with Miranda. So the next scene is they walk into the, <laughs> the kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> and he just can't stop complimenting the kitchen. Everything has its place in name tag. How precise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ex hated it. <laughs> I love it so much. And he just knows exactly what to do to win her round. Like, which shows he knows how to be the kind of person person that mm. that she wants him to be it kind of but shows but you, he has quite a manipulative streak as well right like yeah, he knows yeah. how to play people yeah it's quite dangerous yeah. yeah very true at that point um she offers him the position <laughs> on, the <spot. laughs> on the spot on the spot on the spot yeah i got a good feeling about this <laughs> this huge yeah. scott yeah this huge broad-backed woman <laughs> with those big claw hands <laughs> Useful for picking the kids out of the bath. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she she goes home, and this is one of my favourite bit characters. Oh, the bus driver. The bus driver. Uh, yeah. That's a lovely recurring yeah. character, yeah. <laughs> Hope you got something nice and warm to go home to. He's, he's so gruff. <laughs> yeah, but I can't quite work out if he was supposed to be like a sweet, lonely old guy or a bit lechy. He's, no, he's, he's, he's a bit pervy. Banger, he's a bit pervy, but at the same time, like, he's like a bit of a lost soul, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Why? Because he's a bus driver. Well, no, he just seems like, yeah, well, that. <laughs> and because he fancies Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. So he's clearly like a little bit confused. Um, <laughs> Which is quite sweet. Another one of my favourite bit characters I know in this. Who you're going to talk is about. Mrs. Selner. <laughs> the liar, liar lady. The, the Greta from Liar, Liar. Um, uh, Gl- Gloria Cheney. Yes. Dick Cheney. Yeah. I really, really love her role in this, this because she's so, she's, she's so stern. stern. Yeah. But, yeah. But she's stern, but I feel like if you had to work with her, you'd get along with her, though. Yeah. She's stern, but like I kind of like it. Yeah. You know? You fancy her, don't you? I do fancy her a little bit, yeah. (laughs) So he bumps into her outside his flat as Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And then goes, oh, uh, Gloria. Oh, 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 hello there, Gloria. (laughs) 
my, my brother Daniel has told me all about you. <laughs> and then that sets up again, like, ah, oh, such a good, like, set up for a set piece gang. Yes, like, yes. two people that can never be in the same room yeah. at the same time. Yes. So known as two dates of the prom. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He sort of explains why there's, like, bras lying around the house uh, and stuff like that. He explains that um, Mrs. Dartfire is his sister, she was a love child, and he makes up this whole backstory I, again, just on because, the spot. But again, it's like, you can tell he's lying because he goes into an absurd amount of detail. <laughs> like, yeah. it would, like, if you were just a bystander in that situation, you'd be like, he's lying like this is such like why is he unpacking this anecdote the way he is he's, he's so concerned about adding all these little elements it's and, so obviously a lie and this is just he this is when the stressful tone of the movie really begins mm, because he in. he just can't say no mm. so when he says she's a bit messy but she does make a lovely cup of english tea mrs selner says really well i would adore a cup of english tea Oh, wouldn't we all? I'll go get her. And then he runs off, fucking, like, starts having a conversation between the two characters. But, to, but like, this is the setup. It has to be manic, doesn't it? It's, it's you so got to be in the manic. same room at the same time, yeah. <laughs> He like closes the Venetian blind, which knocks like the head mask yeah. off, and then, then <laughs> flying into down the road. to the road. And then it's the classic gag of like along comes like um, a parade, a parade, <laughs> yeah. elephants. the elephants, <laughs> the steamroller, not the elephants. <laughs> oh come on now! Surely there's no law against lying in the middle of the street. <laughs> he needs a face. He rushes into the kitchen in his dressing gown, again not thinking that he could just go out as Daniel and be like, you know what? She's really tired she's she's in bed <laughs> no he puts on the wig he puts on the dressing gown he goes to the fridge mrs selner says do you need a hand and he says no i don't need a hand dear i need a face <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then she walks into the kitchen and he dunks his head right into a cake that he has for yeah, some yeah, reason he's got a really from... ornate cream cake in the fridge <laughs> well you don't have that box, and nothing out. else yeah. just that cake you're not covered at all yeah. uh, puts his head in the cake uh, and then emerges from the fridge hello yeah, <laughs> yeah man that is the most classic reveal <laughs> hello hello <laughs> and I love how the cream just starts melting off yeah. starts falling and into dr- the cups drips into her tea oh. <laughs> a bit of cream oh there you go you got your cream and your sugar now. You got your cream and your sugar now, dear. I'm dripping like a snow cone in Phoenix. <laughs> oh, we get the first interaction of James Bond with the kids, where he's parked his massive Mercedes outside, which Mrs. Doubtfire like because of her, her brute strength, those big, big claw hands, just like rips the Mercedes badge <laughs> off of the bonnet. So sad when that happens. And then we get the first setup between Mrs. Doubtfire and James Bond, where obviously Mrs. Doubtfire despises him, but uh, James Bond is really concerned about making a good impression. And then a way to throw him off, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire says, well, you know, a man who buys a car like that is compensating for small genitals. He's just constantly, he's constantly <laughs> yeah, humiliating yeah, yeah. or trying and, to humiliate 007. And Stu's always just having to take it, yeah. right, with a grimace. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't get it. He's just like, well, why is she so yeah. horrible to yeah, me? Yeah, he doesn't get yeah, it. Everyone else all. loves it. Why is she like this to me? Yeah. Oh, shit. And, oh, excuse me a moment, dear. Nature calls. The big does, reveal. Doesn't lock the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First off, lock the door. And then secondly, just has a piss standing up. <laughs> 
Well, he's not going to have a piss sitting down. Oh, come on. That's, oh, that's a step too far. <laughs> I'm not going to emasculate myself by sitting down to wee. Uh, so, the kids catch him. So Chris walks in. He goes, oh, my God. It's, 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 he's, 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 he's a she. He's a she. She's a she. She's a she. He's got everything. And so he has to reveal himself to the two oldest kids, to Lydia and Chris, that it's him. Chris doesn't want to hug him. And he's like, okay, sure. Like, yeah. do, it's do, a guy do, thing. Do, it's a guy thing. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're slightly disturbed by me impersonating a woman and deceiving you and your whole family for the last three months. <laughs> It's a gay thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the kids, I thought, like, handled it remarkably well. They do. Yeah. I think that would, like... And then they've obviously then got to keep up the deceit with the right. mum. And that would put such a, like, pressure exactly. and stress on Such you. a strain yeah. on the family. I think it's because Mrs. Mrs. D was pretty great. So, like, oh, it's actually dad. Well... But I prefer... Weird, weird But everyone's but, happy. Yeah, yeah so yeah, who yeah, cares? Yeah. Well, and... You know, we need we need to keep the plot going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is uh, this is integral to the plot device. Mrs. Doubtfire is just smashing it. She's learning how to cook lobster. She's <laughs> she's learning all these uh, skills. But you know, she's still got a job. Uh, Daniel Hillard still has a job. He sort of criticizes the current Dino Show that has been running for decades. And yeah. one day after work, as you do, he just starts playing with the dinosaur figurines. And I fucking love this part as well because it's so clearly improvised. And he improvised like a whole raptor rap, which is brilliant. And like a James Brontosaurus bit. The CEO of this film company spots him. Just, no, just happened to be walking Just by. happened to be walking so, by. So this, this is a really good trope in like 80s films where it's like the New York mailroom junior intern <laughs> like makes it all the way to the top by like impressing the CEO just by chance, mm -hmm. which is like my secret to success in those types of films, which is very <laughs> yeah. much the ripoff here. He basically agrees to have a, a dinner with Mr. Lundy. So this could be his big break, essentially. Before we get on to this stressful dinner scene, which is essentially the crux of the movie, I just wanted to discuss one more scene, which is potentially my favorite of the entire movie. The pool. And that's the scene at the pool. Yeah. Because every single line in this scene is a banger. It's so, <laughs> so funny. From the moment they arrive, Mrs. Doubtfire realizes she should not be there. Like, it's weird that she's there. Are you not getting in the pool, Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, no. Oh, you wicked, wicked man. <laughs> Doesn't he say, like, I'll just watch you move in on my family? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> isn't there enough flesh on show for you to feast your eyes on? <laughs> she, she's so backhanded yeah. every time. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and this is the point where um, she's, she's having a beer at the bar. And, uh, and Stu is talking about to his mate about how, you know, Miranda's great and the family are great. And the dad's just a loser. And Mrs. Starfire picks up a lime and chucks it at his head. And I think that is probably one of my favourite moments in cinema, just in general. That's a great, because he just stops like yeah. mid-stride for about two seconds. Doesn't spill his drinks. like slowly turns around, like really bewildered. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what just happened? <laughs> it's so fantastic. Act three. Act three. We get the second set piece gag where it's um, like... <laughs> <laughs> can't be seen in the same room at the same time yeah. because so he's arranged for his interview with the CEO of this TV production company at the same time and restaurant that he also gets invited by Miranda for her birthday that Stu's taking them to. So he has to go there, A, as Mrs. Doubtfire with Miranda and the kids and Stu and B, as Daniel to meet this but studio exec. why? It's so ridiculous. Why? Why because does it, this happen? Because, it, because they had to finish the second yeah, act to have a set piece, didn't they? It's just so <laughs> 
Oh my but, god! But it makes how, me so angry. I love how they got they that. got two of these gags. They got two of these set piece, yeah. uh, two dates of the prom yeah. setups. Yeah, they had one to kind of for the middle of the second act, and one to conclude the second act. It's so good. They got two in. Oh man, it's it's so. It's so inexplicable why he does this. <laughs> so we're all going to Bridges on so, Friday night. So, they're all bridges. Bridges. so something I like, um, so they go in there That's and the happening. guy says, smoking or non-smoking? Yeah. And because the studio execs in non-smoking, Mrs. Doubtfire forces them to go in smoking <laughs> with his three young children. But I suppose it was the 90s where you could, like, that was just normal, yeah, it? like, right. to smoke in front of your kids, yeah. So, and the excuse he gives for that is like, I don't smoke, but I did. And I need a little bit every now and then. <laughs> this is the part as well where his dentures fall out and he says carpe dentum dentum. and apparently Pierce Brosnan like it cuts away from him at that point which was good because he just like pissed himself laughing. <laughs> that was the line that really got to him. But what a what a callback to like William's previous film Dead Poets. It's yeah, so exactly. Good. Oh, it's yeah. so yeah, good. It's so good. So he's just going back and forth and this whole scene is so stressful. And, um, and, and we add in he's getting really pissed. He's getting yeah, fucked. He's so the studio so CEO, drunk. because he's a 90s businessman, just drinks. It's like, oh, I, I, I ordered you two more to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He orders and they're like, eh, two, cheers. Yeah. two double whiskeys. That's what he orders. The dialogue um, <laughs> is a bit like troubling now, but in the 90s was fine between Daniel and the studio exec. Where he comes back at one point, he's got like perfume on, obviously, because he's yeah. just changed from sit down. And fire. lipstick. He comes back and he's like, "Daniel, are you wearing women's uh, perfume?" And he goes, "Oh, well, you know, I've just been getting uh, getting a bit frisky with someone over there." He goes, "Really? In the restaurant?" He goes, "You dog." Yeah. And then he goes, "Which you is the scallywag?" Tr- you scallywag. And then the next <laughs> line is troubling. He goes, um, "I've got the stretch outside. Does she have a friend for me?" Yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's yeah. And weird. particularly because he's like a studio exec as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh no, dear. I don't need a hand I need a face a face again getting really drunk so you can tell he's just losing track completely of what he's doing going back and forth from these two dinners it all kind of accumulates when he gets so mixed up that he shows up he sits down at Mr. Lundy's table dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire and just starts chugging back the whiskey and talking (laughs) in his own voice and Mr. Lundy is at first like could I help you (laughs) ma'am and then realises it's Daniel and at this point again thinking so quick quick on the spot when he says oh well this is the host of your new show Mm. and he just does his whole Mrs. Doubtfire ruse and Mr. Lundy goes for it loves it loves it and (laughs) something that we didn't mention is that whilst on a trip to the bathroom (laughs) Daniel sees sees an opportunity (laughs) to kill Stu I mean literally his ex-wife's love interest (laughs) so he puts Pepper Knowing full well that the 007 but, 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 is allergic but, but to But again, so this is how Daniel is very scheming, isn't he, the whole time? Mm, very so scheming. Like whenever he finds something out, he'll then immediately use that to his advantage. Yeah. Like he only found out five minutes ago that he's allergic to paprika. Right. And then he then suddenly decides to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so exploitative. He's so manipulative. <laughs> so he, he puts a, a shitload of paprika in Stu's dish. Just a, very confidently walks yeah, into, into the, the kitchen. kitchen. Well, is he, he wearing a chef? A chef. Yeah. He, he puts on a chef jacket. No one, yeah. will, no one will know that this like is massive man in track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at that point, Stu takes the first bite and promptly starts choking to death. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire mentioned earlier in the movie Hi, yeah, that she Heimlich knows the Heimlich maneuver. maneuver uh, yeah. Um, comes barging over, <laughs> picks him up, gives him a few. Um, I don't know yeah, what you call them. Heimlich's, a few thrusts. Few 
It is, it is the most aggressive Heinrich I've yeah. ever seen, <laughs> seen committed, committed to film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the prawn shoots out of his mouth, lands on the table. <laughs> In the midst of all this chaos, his mask has fallen off, his, his wig has fallen his off. Mask literally Mr. Slips. Mr. Yeah. Lundy has definitely seen this and still decides to hire him. <laughs> um, so now the jig is up and Miranda is quite rightly horrified the whole time the whole time the whole time says that it's so good i have to leave we have to go i have to leave now we have to go she fucks off and uh (laughs) pierce brosnan and uh daniel shake hands because they're like man mano i want thanks for poisoning me then saving my life yeah right (laughs) hello Ah! oh i'm sorry to frighten you dear i must look like a yeti in this getup this is my nightly meringue mask, part of my beauty regimen. What it is is basically egg whites, creme fraiche, powdered sugar, vanilla, and a little touch of alum. There you go, dear. Oh, there you go. You've got your cream and your sugar now. It's a little cappuccino. Everything's kind of gone to shit for Daniel at this point, apart from his show is doing really well. New gig, yeah. Yeah, new gig. They're sitting, they're trying to hire a new nanny, and then they hear the voice of, of Mrs. Doubtfire coming out from the TV. And it's because Daniel's got this new show and Mrs. Doubtfire is a hit. And as a child, I always wanted this to be a real show. Like, (laughs) it just looks like the best show. Not very politically correct, but the best show. Do you know what language they speak in England? (laughs) Pakistani. (laughs) That's right. In many corner shops, they do. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? You cannot. Even in the 90s, that's like, that's borderline. borderline. Miranda gets this realization that things were just always better in the house when Mrs. Doubtfire was around, even though she wasn't real. So she goes to the set, talks to Daniel. They have a bicker, classic. Because at this point, she's got full custody of the kids. Well, and he only gets supervised visits. He, he gets like, supervised visits. Supervised visits like I'm some deviant. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because, well, kind of is. Yeah, you that did was, dress up that as a was woman really fucking months. weird, yeah. That's probably, like, I think the judge made a completely fair <laughs> verdict. Can't argue with that. But then she throws him a bone. And she, she says, you know, things were better when Mrs. Doubtfire was around. She brought out the best in us and she brought out the best in you. So she gathers the kids again to meet the new nanny. So yeah. it's the classic scene where it's revealed when you open the door, uh, which is a nice callback to when you first get mm. to see Mrs. Doubtfire and it's Daniel standing there as Daniel, who's been allowed to like come look after the kids every day. I'm glad one of the rules was that he didn't have to dress up as Mrs. Doubtfire every time. (laughs) Oh, you've come dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) Daniel, I presumed you'd just come as Daniel. (laughs) Oh no, I'm transitioning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Kind of weird that (laughs) this is the 90s. Not sure I'm ready to deal with that. Oh, I get it. It's a guy thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I love this scene so much when he shows up to the door, the kids realize what's happening. Um, and they're overjoyed and they go up and, and get their stuff. And then there's a really, really nice moment between Daniel and Miranda where mm. she asks him if he wants to come in. And he says, no, it's OK. And then he like looks at her square in the eyes and says, thank you. Yeah. I think that's so nice. I just love that part so much. And it goes out with an outro of the show, kind of playing over the last scene. Exactly. Talking about divorce. Yeah, talking, yeah. About, talking about divorce. Families are comprised of all these different shapes and yeah. sizes. And I, really I think... Beautiful. Sometimes I th- they get back together, sometimes they don't. And yeah. sometimes they, they yeah. don't. And sometimes people live with their aunts or uncles or a foster family or they're adopted. And as a kid, I thought that was such like a powerful message mm. because 
what child has like a normal upbringing like all kids all most families have like something going on like very few people have like a normal upbringing but usually in kids movies it's seen as picture perfect it's like yeah it's pretty picture perfect and that's what kids generally like aspire to so i thought it was that was a really like powerful message at the end of the movie where he says like all these families are different and it's all okay because if yeah. you love each other then mm. it's fine oh it was such a shanda i should never buy gribbiness for my oil it's so chewy as i say this was just such a prominent movie in my childhood and in my life like yeah. i know this film like the back of my you do. hand you've got the lines down man i i must have seen it i don't know how many times i've seen it but i, I just because it's been in my life since i was a very young kid mm. i just know it so so well so this is like an important movie in my life for sure. This is one of my favorite rewatches of the podcast so far. Yeah. I think there's just so much going on. It's hilarious. It's heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Like Robin Williams's performance is fucking great. Yeah. Like no one could have done it. And basically the whole film rests upon him doing it so well. Like he Absolutely. just smashes it out of the park. I thought it was funny that Tim Allen was offered the role of Mrs. Doubtfire uh. and the role of Stu, and he turned both of them down. Really? So I'm glad. I mean, like Pierce Brosnan was also great too. They kind of like played off each other so well. And such opposites, yeah, like in yeah. terms of men, they just look very, very, very different. Such a fucking good watch. Yeah, um, I loved it. I would give it like a nine. I honestly thought this is like just such a good film. Nine. I, I really enjoyed what? it. Nine faces getting run over by a semi-trailer in the San Franciscan streets. I'd, I'd give it eight boobs being caught alight whilst leaning over a stove. I would also give it nine different faces uh, in Aunt Jack and Uncle Frank's apartment. <laughs> nine Jewish noses. <laughs> yeah, uh, this for me is definitely a solid, a solid nine. Maybe for me on its way to a ten. For sheer sentimental value. Fuck yeah, get yeah. in. It's another nice case of it getting pretty much the same on Rotten Tomatoes for critics and for audiences. Oh, mate. Love it when that happens. That is happens. so satisfying. What did yep. it get? I think it was like 71 for audience and 76 for critics, yeah, which I think is a bit yeah. low, but I can understand like yeah. it's not to everyone's taste. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for yet another week. We will be back with another film, but ciao for now. This holiday season. Surprise. Robin Williams. Mm. Sally Field. Who needs a husband when I've got you? In a Chris Columbus film. Back off! Mrs. Doubtfire. Got to talk to A father's work. <laughs> is never done. Oh, oh. First year's a woman. I'm getting hot flashes. Robin Williams does it. 
No, it's not when Robin Williams does it. He can get away with anything. It just makes me laugh, makes me smile, makes me sing. It's okay when Robin Williams does it. We have to leave, we have to leave now. We have to go, go, go from this granny who can hip-hop, bebop, and yo-yo make a wicked cup of cocoa. You might think it's bad how this man is a compulsive liar. But it's hard to care a bit when he's rocking out to Aerosmith All dressed up as Mrs. Doubtfire I don't care when Robin Williams does it It's just hilarious when Robin Williams does it He could literally play Joseph Stalin And I'd still be rolling on the floor laughing Cause it's okay when Robin Williams does it The third act is in place And he pleads his case Despite having committed multiple crimes He belongs in jail But before the end of this tale The judge looks at him prepares his sentence and delivers the following lines. It's okay, cause Robin Williams did it. I can't be mad, cause Robin Williams did it. The only thing that I truly know is I wanna see a Mrs. Doubtfire TV show. It's the best when Robin Williams does it.